If you need a Bible, please raise your hands and we'll have someone bring you out a copy of Scripture. That's your Bible to keep if you would like it. Or if you know somebody who needs a Bible, take it to them because we believe that the Word of God is awesome and powerful and everybody should have access to um, the Bible. And so um, let me pray and we'll, we'll, we'll dig in and we'll get you out of here this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for my church, our church, that um, you bless us to be a part of. So it's really your church, oh Lord. Um, I'm grateful for the faces this morning. I'm grateful for the hearts that want to apply your word and to look more like you. And so, Father, this morning, I just pray, Lord, as we are convicted and persuaded by your word, that you will give us the courage to lay down all of our our predispositions to lay aside our, 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 our way of wanting to have things our way and to seek your faith. And Father, I just pray that you will give us the courage to react and respond to what we hear this morning, that our lives might be challenged but ultimately changed because it's your will as we've learned, that we should be conformed into the image of your son, Jesus. And Lord, your way of righteousness is narrow, oh Father, but your grace is wide. And so let's lean into that grace this morning. To you we give all glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And so as Paul is finishing his letter to the church in Rome, he starts chapter 16 with a special greeting to the church, personal greeting. And so Paul has been kicking the butts of the Romans like he's been kicking our butt for 16 chapters. And now he's making it personal. He's saying, listen, 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 it's not only about the doctrine, but listen, we're family is what he's saying. And remember what I talked about, the hashtag I talked about two weeks ago, be family. And so Paul is just admonishing, admonishing the Roman church, be family. You know, it's, it's, it's poetic that before we left, like we had the fellowship and we played dominoes and it felt such, like such a family event, right? Like some of us, like we don't know each other that well, but we show up for the sake of, you know, we know we need to do this and it's awkward and you let me yell at you and beat you in dominoes. Um, but you're making the step because inside of us, we all know we have the sense of belonging to community. God exists in community and he wants us to exist in community. And so as Paul is writing, he's given us a glimpse and a picture of not only the universal church, because Paul had never visited Rome. Not only the universal church, but he's also given us a glimpse and a look at the local church. Why do I say that? Because Paul begins to call out people by name. I don't know if you guys remember back when we talked through Corinthians, he says, Chloe's household told on you. So like Paul wasn't just like this pastor who was going and doing these missionary journeys across the world and locally, but he was knowing people by their name. And so he starts with this lady named Phoebe. In one chapter one, I mean, in chapter 16, verse one, he says, I commend to you our sister Phoebe. And we, if we move too fast, we might miss it. He says, our sister Phoebe. And so he's showing us a glimpse of the local church, but also the universal church, because Phoebe wasn't there in Rome. And he says, I'm presenting her to you. She's our sister. 
Not my sister, not your sister, but our sister. Because we have this fraternity or sorority, whatever you want to call it, in the body of Christ that we all belong to the same family if we are in Christ Jesus. You know, usually when I go on a mission trip and I come back re-entry, uh, 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 I, I, I wrestle with um, the notion of why was I there? And I told you guys a little bit about this before I went. Why was I there? And I don't think I did any good. But like on this trip, like God did something different. I don't know if it's because we're in the book of Romans, but I felt like I was amongst family, even though I didn't speak the language very well. As a matter of fact, I spoke the language very poorly. <laughs> but I do know this one word, maravillosamente. <laughs> Sorry, that's an inside joke. And as I was going to the places that I was at and, and, and for the sake of the gospel, and listen, I urge you to talk to someone who was on the trip and ask them about their experience. Like It was beautiful. Um, but I was on the trip and we were working with some kids and some teachers that were in uh, kindergarten in the after school program to help kids that were falling behind and, and were living in poverty. And I, I couldn't help but relate the people that I was meeting to people here. It was it was weird. It was weird. Like I'm like and I, and I was talking to my, 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 my daughter, Brianna. I was saying like, um, like we went into one lady's house and the lady reminded me of my mom. Like, like quite literally, me and, me and my, like, me and Brianna, like, it wasn't just like the trip high. Me and Brianna, we went, she's like, yeah, that was, she was acting just like Granny. I think her and my mama shopped at the same places. Because the pick, the old ornamental stuff on the wall, like, my mama got one of those. I think she does. And as we were talking, she had these mannerisms just like my mom. And I told Alice this morning, I met a lady down there who was a school teacher. And if you don't know Alice, Alice is a school teacher, been a school teacher for uh, uh, quite some time. I'm talking to this lady, and her name is Odalis. And she's talking and she's reminding me of Alice. And so like putting faces to like we know the universal churches out there, but being able to put faces to lives was awesome and life changing. And as Paul is doing, he's introducing Phoebe to the church in Rome. He's saying, I commend her to you. He says, a servant of the church in Centria. That you may welcome her in the Lord in a way worthy of saints. And he says, and help her in whatever she needs from you. For she has been a patron of many and myself as well. And so Paul is putting his stamp of approval on this lady from a different place. He's saying, listen, listen, greet her in the Lord. Not because, uh, only because she's a Christian, but because she is active and engaged in the work of ministry. And whatever she needs, treat her like you would treat me. And I'm persuaded, I'm persuaded as we come to the end of Romans that there are people in this room that I should be able to commend to other places. Maybe I don't make the trip to Honduras next year, but maybe I can say, hey, 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 greet, 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 greet Brad in my place. He's a brother. He's a dear brother. He's been working here, which qualifies him to work there. He goes on to say, greet Prissa. And Aquila, and some people uh, translated Priscilla and Aquila, which was this couple who were with, Christ, uh, with, with Paul on his first missionary journey. And Paul says, they have risked their lives for me. And we see this picture of families engaged in worship and ministry together. And so I'm persuaded that as we grow in Christ, I should be able to say, greet Mora. Greet Mark and Annie. Greet Brad and Alice. Courtney and Ryan, you guys don't know these guys, and I'm not going to put them on the spot right now, but they sit in this section right here. 
They've been, they come to the church a couple of times, and Stan and Angela, but we call her Nisi, Sister Nisi. And this is an awesome story, and I have to share it this morning because it hit my mind this morning, and you know I say everything that hit my mind, right? And so, um, greet Stan and Nisi. Well, that, those names might not mean much to you, but in the weekly household, those names mean a lot. And I'm persuaded that they don't know this about what they've done, but they were so influential when we were at another church that was so influential in my kids' lives. And so when SJ's up singing worship, you can thank, to some degree, a portion of what Stan and Easy poured into SJ. And as Maya and Brianna and Reagan and who else was there? Uh, uh, I'm leaving some kids out, but you know my kids. And as they're back there pouring into children and, and, and NECC kids and the nursery, you can thank Stan and Easy because they were giving up their time and their talents when my kids were kids to pour into them in church. And now you see the manifestation of it. So now your kids are benefiting from what they did. And so I can say, greet Stan and Easy. Or Darius and Brittany. And so Darius was this little knucklehead kid who came here after Hurricane Katrina. He got on my last nerves then. He gets on my last nerves now. I'm just joking, Darius. I love you, brother. But we have to get to a place where, like, we're traveling across the globe. And we, when we come back, it should be like, wow, like, I get, I, I, I get to know the people here. And I got to engage in ministry with the people here. I can mention Trevor who came around and like Trevor's a little persistent and he kind of forces his way in the door. I'm just joking, Trevor. Went out to, went out to lunch with Trevor once and I didn't want to go again and Trevor's like, let's go next week. And I'm like, man, I got to go with him. <laughs> but through series of conversations, now we have a men's group with him and Albert. They lead on sun, uh, Saturday mornings or every, two, every other week, something like that. So anybody know that about Trevor? And so Paul goes on, I won't mention everybody in this list, but he goes down the list and he's mentioning names and he's mentioning people from different socioeconomic backgrounds, people who are Jew and Gentile. He's mentioning all these people. I don't know them. We don't know them. We know some of them through historical documents, but he's mentioning these people by name. That means the church should be relational. We should be knowing each other's stories, each other's names. Because deep down inside, we all need the church. And it's so funny that this is coming in at the tail end of this doctrinal statement. And then we're going to jump down to verse. I don't have my glasses in this morning. Golly, I forgot about that. Um, is that 17? Yes, thank you, Mora. See, I need Mora. <laughs> he says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause division and create obstacles contrary to the doctrine that you have been taught. Avoid them. He says, I appeal to you what? Brothers, we're family. He didn't say, I, I appeal to you parishioners. I appeal to you brothers at the first evangelistic apostolic church by the wayside in Rome. We're brothers. And in certain cultures, when I call you a brother, that means something. Not like, what's up, bro? Like to the random guy in the street. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about brothers, like we're family. And he says, I appeal to you. Paul didn't appeal a whole lot in the book of Rome. He pulled, appealed in Romans 12 when he talked about worship, and now he's appealing again. He says, I appeal to you, brothers, to watch out for those who cause divisions. He's saying, don't let anybody come in and break this family up. 
Don't let the media come in and break this family up. Don't let slick talkers come in and persuade you something differently about your church family. We were fellowshipping real good until this brother came in and told you something about me and you heard it and then you had to walk away from the ministry or walk away from the family based upon what you heard somebody had said or somebody else had said. And Paul is like, you need to get it right. He said, I appeal to you. Don't let division come in. I had the opportunity to talk to a brother just recently, and he was, uh, he was really appreciative of some of the ways that um, uh, 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 through a hard time and challenging time, um, he was being ministered to. And I was thinking to myself the whole time I was talking to him, I was like, we do this because we're family. And this type of family is even greater than the blood relationship family. Like, I'm not going to allow you to push away from the table because your feelings are hurt because we're family. I'm not. I'm not going to let the sin in you touch the sin in me, and then we separate like magnets that are turned backwards. Because I need you, you need me. We are a part of this great big family. Barney stole that. So we got to be family. I got a quote here from Chuck Swindoll. It says, the church must be a place where words are reliable, worship is meaningful, faith is invincible, grace is notable, and love is tangible. Well, we can live out the decree in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 that love is patient. Love is long-suffering. It keeps no records of wrong. And so I believe that Paul is putting this to putting this to us because, because he just gave us a whole lot of heavyweight stuff for the last, as Dean says, two years. And he says, all of that is worth nothing if you can't be family. If you can't do what I'm calling you to do based upon what you know. You see, our challenges, we have a lot of information rolling around in our head, and we are the product of the American education system. And I'm not trying to down the American education system, but we study stuff for the test. Just let me get what I need to get for the test so I can get my grade and I can move on. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom because you can go through the same test over and over and over again. Because it's not about information, it's about transformation. And I need to get this information and I need to say, how does this apply to my life? I got to be able to be rough and brutal with myself when the Lord, I was talking about this a couple of weeks ago, and I feel like I need to clarify when I feel like I said sometimes the Lord goes silent and he does go silent. And I say, listen, when you hear that he has went silent, go back to the last thing you heard and ask yourself that I do that last thing, because maybe he's calling you to repentance because it's more about relationship than it is about the information. Because, listen, the test ain't nobody going to pass the test just 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 just. Just so you know, like if it's about you and, and, and being like Jesus, you can stand before God and you can study and, and, and work all you can. And, and, and if your heart ain't right, it don't matter. That was a problem with the Pharisees. They knew more information that were, than they can handle. It was just information. It hadn't transformed their hearts. The Bible teaches us that no one will be standing in heaven and boasting. Like, God, I might have had my issues, but I wasn't like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You met Eric? Mm-hmm. This guy right here. Like God's going to be like, no, that's not going to work. That's not going to fly. 
Because we're all running this race and there's only one standard and his name is Jesus. And the last time I checked, I was nowhere close. But, but, check this out. He said they were teaching these doctrines that you have uh, been taught. He said avoid them. Uh, verse 18, he says, for such a person uh, do not serve our Lord but our own appetites. And by smooth talk, flattery, they deceive the hearts of the naive. Remember we talked about the strong in a week, maybe three, four weeks ago? The naive believe that I can do some certain amount of work if I can do enough, if I can say enough, if I can act good enough, if I can take enough mission trip and, and, and white knuckle it on the plane uh, because it, the landing made Sean's stomach hurt and, and come back and my stomach is hurting and, you know, I suffered for the Lord. If I can do just enough stuff, then I'm in right standing with God. And, 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 and God is saying, listen, that's not the doctrine that I've given you, that we're all saved by grace. Paul says through faith. And our faith should have feet. Our faith should display what we believe. And I think that a challenge that we have nowadays in our, in, in our society is, 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 is we've ascribed to easy believism. It's so easy to believe uh, 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 that Jesus died for my sins because, like, I want my, I want my debt absolved, you know, because I got these student loans, and it'd be great if somebody came and, you know, just took those away and these kind of things. But the challenge is, like, God... God, God, God does it, like I said earlier in the prayer, like his grace is wide, but like God still requires things of us. And he doesn't require things of us for salvation. Let me say that. We get salvation and sanctification mixed up. He doesn't require things for us for salvation. Just believe, like believe and you're saved. That's what he requires. Believe, save, believe, save. But he says there's this other thing called sanctification. Why? For the purpose of the body. Now, I'm not not doing things. Does that make sense? I'm not not doing things because I want to get saved. I'm not not doing those things because I want to be like Jesus. I want to be like him. Ephesians 4.11. I'm going to say this, and it might seem like a rabbit trail, but this is the way my mind is working this morning. Uh, Ephesians 4.11 tells us, it tells us, it tells us that God has given ministry to the leaders of the church so that we might train the saints for the work of ministry. And we've gotten to a place where it's easy believism. We show up, you, you give me a word, I'll be back next week. This is a hard word, but I love you all. This is a hard word, but I love you all. This is a hard word, but I love you all. Everybody heard that? It's a hard word, but I love you all. I asked, I asked a couple of weeks ago, I said, listen, I want to, and the elders want to help you become what God is calling you to become. And I gave the email address and I put it up on the screen. And you know how many emails I got? I won't embarrass us like that. I had no meetings, though. And so that tells me one or two things. Either I don't know what God is telling me, and so that's your new assignment. I don't know what God is asking me. I don't know what God is crying at me. I just, I need help to get there. Or, like, I'm just still not ready to be like Jesus. I'm not ready to move past my uncomfortableness in order to be like Jesus. Anybody ever work out? Look at the workouts, like these two, crazy. <laughs> like, 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 really, this could be an illustration. It's off the top of my head, so don't judge me if it doesn't sound really theologically sound. But these two do like Iron Man stuff, right? Like y'all swim, run, ride a bike, build a parachute, jump off a mountain. <laughs> like they do all that in one race, and ain't nobody chasing them. Like, they do it, and like, like for like 957,000 miles, I'm like, that don't make no sense. Like, like, and so if I try to start out and run like them, I'm going to kill myself. 
I'm saying I was in Honduras this week and I walked up a block and you know you're in altitude, you walk up this hill. I'm like, okay, Lord, we need to, we need a break. We need a break. Them orphans gonna be all right for a minute. Let me get my. And so, in this analogy, Jesus is the one that can do it all: run, jump, just, just like do all that. He like he's a, 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 a as far as athletes go, Jesus is the ultimate athlete. We ain't gonna never measure up to that. But he does, but 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 he does admonish us to at least walk with him. And I guarantee you, when they first started, they went through some times of discomfort, some times of wanting to give up. And if anybody's a trainer or works out with people, they say at the time that you want to give up, that's when you're growing. That's when you're growing. When you're exercising your faith muscle and you feel like you can't push another one and as you're pushing and as the trainer comes in and he's spotting you and he's, and he's giving you just enough to push, that's when you're growing and that's where God wants us. But we'd be more satisfied with just reading our Bibles and praying because, you know, I'm getting fed on the word, I'm getting fed on the word and then you know what, we look like some people in Wally. Anybody watch Wally? Spiritually obese. Fat on the word but couldn't execute anything if you tried. Or some of us are spiritually bulimic. We eat, we gorge on the word, 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 and then when trials come, we, ah, we vomit it. I don't need all that stuff that I've been learning in Romans. I'm going to show them how I handle this. And nobody wins when there's vomit all over the floor because somebody has to clean it up. And I believe that God wants to rejoice over us as a church. Now, hear me, hear me, hear me. Because I know when I talk in this vein, sometimes people hear something different. I'm not talking about jumping up and just doing a lot of work. I'm not saying it. I'm not saying it. I'm saying allow God to stretch you in the area that you know you need to be stretched in. And it starts with repentance. It starts with acknowledging, God, I haven't been right in my own heart. And God, I haven't wanted to look like Jesus. And God, I just wanted my ticket punched so I can get to heaven. And so, God, I started working and doing these works, oh, Lord, and reading my Bible and praying until I just got tired. And then I stopped. And then I kept coming to church because I knew that I was supposed to come to church. But God is like, listen, 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 listen. It's not about your works. It's about the sanctification process. These things are good for you. These are disciplines that you need if you're going to look like Jesus. And so I'm challenging us this morning. One thing that every night in Honduras, uh, when we were sitting around, uh, we'd have these little moments, these moments where they ask you a question that, that cause you to think about your day. And uh, as everybody's going around the table, I think one of the days was, what has stretched you the most th today? What, what, what stretched you the most today? And I have to be honest, like, I don't, like, like one of the aspects of going down there, we do, we do these house visits. And these home visits, and we go and we take food to uh, uh, the parents of the children. And you walk into the homes, and the homes are like, 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 they, we wouldn't have let American children live in this stuff. Like, CPS will come and get them, like, straight up. There was so much joy and laughter in these homes and things like that. And so, and so we, we were down there, um, 
I have to be honest, I say, I don't like going in people's space. Like, I don't, like, I, I'm one of them dudes, like, you can come to my house, we can fellowship, we can fellowship into the, to, 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 to the crow somewhere, but I don't like being in other people's space and feeling like I'm imposing on them. And the other part of it is asking a lot of questions, so we're asking questions like, oh, this is lovely, like, do you work? Or you're like, like trying to get, start, try to make these questions, and I don't like that, I don't like it, I don't like it. But the, in the stretching, as I'm asking questions, I'm getting to know people, like, I'm being blessed. And so the entire time I'm saying, I don't want to do this. I can play with kids. I can preach. I don't want to be in people's business, but I'm in the getting the people business business. <laughs> and there was such a blessing, and we had this. Cut this out the podcast. We had this one great translator. Like they would go in, and it was like it was family. Then you had this other translator going, and like you say like 900 words, and they go, "Como se dice?" or something like that. I'm like, "No, no, no! I said more than that." Right? It was, just, it was just awkward. But there was these moments where I would look at the person and we're looking and we're eye to eye and we just start smiling because we kind of, like, we ain't speaking the same language, but the Holy Spirit knew what was happening. And it was like, okay. And there was those connections. And so I was thoroughly blessed by that day. And it was all about being obedient and going and not saying, you know what? I'm just going to sit back because I could have made it. Too. I, I'm going to sit back. I got a paper to write for school. I'm going to sit back. Y'all go on a home visit and I'll catch you when we're playing with orphans again. And so I believe that God is calling each and every one of us for this same type of stretching here. Whether it's going across the street and talking to that neighbor that nobody else in the neighborhood like. Nobody like this neighbor. Nobody like this neighbor. Perfect opportunity to go and introduce them to someone who loves them. Or to see kids in our neighborhood that maybe unsupervised or something like that, and, 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 and to engage in some type of way, go talk to the parents and, and, and figure out a way that maybe they can do a play date or something with our kids because it's strategic. It's all about the gospel. Just throw those couple of ideas out there because I'm sure, I'm persuaded, if all these people in this room are reading our Bible and praying, God is speaking something to some of our hearts, and some of us aren't doing the things that God is speaking to our hearts because we're just kind of like, la, 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 la. I'm too busy. I got other stuff on my agenda. Looking like Jesus. I'll look like Jesus when I'm older. Young people, I'll look like Jesus when I'm older. Old people, I'll look like Jesus when I'm older. And then what you're really saying is when I die. And so they're family. And he says, don't give in to all this other religiosity. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, all this church hurt that you've experienced. Don't give in to it. He's like, it's going to be there. It was there at the beginning. People were twisting and perverting the gospel. And we want to know what the gospel message is. It's quite simple. Jesus loves us. So he died for us. The end. He came on a reconnaissance mission. Any old military people in the room, you know, you leave no, none of your people behind. He went back for the one in your company. Even if you didn't like them, you hated them all through boot, uh, training camp, but the enemy ain't going to get them, and so I'm going after them. That's what Jesus did. He came and he died, and he said, listen, receive my help, and you're saved. That's the gospel. Anything else is building upon our sanctification, not our salvation. And that's what Paul is saying. He says, we need to live like family because there's people who need to be saved and they need to see family love one another. 
They need to be brought into a family, not like they dysfunctional daddy and an alcoholic mama, but they need to be brought into a family, not like that workaholic mom who they don't have time for. No, 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 a family that, 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 that when I'm going through hard times, I have sisters and brothers who will wrap their arms around me. That's why Paul is calling these people by name saying, listen, I, 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 I know these people. You can trust them. They're going to work uh, uh, with you and for you. Call on them by name. And I'm not saying this, please hear me, church. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this because I don't love your phone calls. I love your phone calls. But there's brothers and sisters who can walk alongside you just as well as I can. They can wrap their arms around you and speak a word of wisdom into you like sometimes better than I can. We're all gifted. We're all a part of the body. And I shouldn't be trying to function like a thumb because I'm not a thumb. I'm a big toe. <laughs> Think about if your big toe, you were trying to do stuff, Cherie, like you, you at work, you trying to do all the creative stuff if you at work and your big toe was affixed right here. That would be awkward. And so you call the pastor and the pastor's a big toe. The pastor, and he can't help you and you get mad at the pastor because the pastor can't help you because you, you called the big toe. You should have called a thumb. You should engage in your small group. Maybe somebody in your small group can understand your plight. I'm going to pray for you, but I'm going to point you to the thumb. I'm going to say, I'm a big toe on this one. I put my foot in my mouth a lot, which is funny that I do it for a living. He says, for your obedience is known to all, so that I rejoice over you, but I want you to be wise as to what is good and innocent and what is evil. He's saying, listen, there's a time in your life, in the life of the church, where we're going to have to be able to discern evil from good. And sometimes people come in with a message of gospel, and it's not really the gospel. It's really evil. It's really evil. I don't have to bang that home anymore. We talk about that all the time. It says, the God of peace will crush Satan under your feet. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ will be with you. He calls out some other workers. Verse 25, we're closing. He says, now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery that was kept secret for long ages. Since the beginning of time, men have been working to try to get towards God. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Since the beginning of the time, men have been trying to work to get towards God. The Tower of Babel. Anybody remember the story? In case you don't remember the story, God said, be fruitful and multiply. And they say, okay, we're going to be fruitful and multiply. And so we're going to multiply up to you, God. And so they started building this tower. And God said, didn't I tell you to go be fruitful and multiply? Didn't I tell you to go and cultivate and create culture in the world? Didn't I tell you to do that? And you sit up here trying to build a tower to me? So he came down and he confounded the language. And that's the reason when I go to Honduras, I can't speak to my brothers and sisters. Google Translate only works if you have data. I didn't have data there. <laughs> so you can thank the people at the Tower of Babel for that. <laughs> he says, people have always been trying to work towards God and work and become God's. He says, he says, the mystery of the gospel is God has revealed it through Jesus Christ. And you have every single thing that you need. You don't need new revelation. You don't need to go buy another self-help book. You don't need to go buy another podcast series. You don't need to go do all these. Like, 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 like you have the meaningful mystery of the world in order to be saved and in order to be a part of this family. All you need is Jesus. 
But we made it Jesus plus, Jesus and, Jesus and a prosperity gospel. Jesus and this new way of praying. Jesus and, and God is saying, listen, stop all that mess and just listen, 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 Linda. You're not getting, you're not picking up what I'm putting down. I, I revealed it in Jesus 2,000 years ago, and you're trying all this new stuff. It's not that hard. Love God, love your neighbor. I'm going to say it again, just in case you missed it, and maybe you want to take notes. Love God, love your neighbor. And on all of this stuff hangs all the doctrine we need. And all the other stuff points to that. Like, it's so amazing. Everything you're going to read in the Bible to transform your points to, am I loving God or am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving God or am I loving my neighbor? Am I loving God or am I loving my neighbor? And not only kind of loving, like the kind of, like, like the kind of love that we espouse uh, when we go on our social media accounts and we put the little hearts. Oh, I love that. Love puppies. No, love them with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Like when you got your first boo thing. You remember that? You remember that? You was thinking about you couldn't even do schoolwork, right? You just, you just, you just doodling in the corner. Teacher walking behind you, what are you doing? You're supposed to be spelling. I mean, you know, I just can't. <laughs> she got my mind. She got me, man. That's how we should be loving God. With all our mind, with all our heart, with all our strength. When we wake up in the morning and say, God, like, I, I, I understand what you did for me. And see, that's why we got to understand this message, this mystery, this gospel. Like, I'm not worthy of this. And because I'm not worthy of this, and you gave so freely, I love you. I love you. Because I'm so unlovable. And I don't think that until we can get to that place, we can really serve and follow God. I just don't believe it. I'm unlovable. Left to myself, I can do some really hurtful, horrible, stanking things. And if some of y'all could just see the stuff, like if they would put on the screen the stuff that hits my mind sometimes, y'all be like, that man is not worthy to be like on this planet. And Jesus came for that. Jesus said, listen, listen, you talk about like, 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 like not doing stuff. I say if you even think it. And so my thinking is thinking. He says, I came for that. This has been a mystery. He says, but I love when... The Bible is talking about God, and it says, but. Somebody will say, but God. He says, but has not been disclosed, and through the prophetic writings has been known to the, all nations according to the command of the eternal God to bring about the obedience of faith. To the only wise God, be glory, be glory forevermore through Jesus Christ. I'm not going to quite say amen yet, because that means we're finished with Romans. But God's mystery is out there to be revealed, and we are the revelators. We illuminate God's revelation. We shine the light on it. So think about your purpose, what you're wired to do, how God has created you, your strengths, your weaknesses, what makes you you. Take all of that and shine. Not shine on yourself. Now, don't take selfies. Shine it on Jesus. Point people to Jesus. In dark places, point people to Jesus. Because he is the hope of the world. And if he's the hope of the world, guess what? Guess what? Guess what we are as his church? Through proxy. 
There are people out there that need hope. They need encouragement. They need help. And I believe that each and every one of us, each and every one of us, each and every one of us, if you're a believer, each and every one of us have a unique gifting that God has wired you to do. We need to discover that. And so let us not make it all the way through Romans before we say amen. And learn how much of a worm we are and learn how much God has done for us and not walk away and say we're called to be family to those who don't have a family. And that means every other believer who's not in the local church and who doesn't know God. We need to be family. And with that said, I'm going to say, I'm going to let the church say, amen.